Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Getting Litty. Today's episode is all about remakes of movies and revivals of musicals. And it's a spitballing episode where we just have a chat about stuff because you're really, never really going to find a definitive reason why these things happen. And today's episode features Joe, who you might remember from the first episode, all about Top 5 Books 2019. If you've not listened to the first two episodes yet, please do. They are available most places you can find podcasts, except Apple Podcasts, weirdly. But hopefully, by the time you listen to this, that might be an all-avoid statement. Probably not. But please enjoy this week's episode. Thank you. So today is the first in a series, a um, lot of series going on within a series, it's like 30 Rock in here, is the first in an episode um, of a series I'm calling Spitballing, which is gross, but you talk about spitballing an idea and you think about like, you just take an idea and you run with it, it's just a discussion more than anything else, it's nothing that's kind of leading anywhere, it's just an open discussion more or less, and I feel it fits today's topic really, really well because it doesn't really have an end like you can't really have a definitive answer um your topic today um initially i was going to say was on just musical revivals but since if you listened to last week's episode it was very musical heavy joe had a good idea to bring in movies so it's going to be all about revivals and remakes today um because well i mean there could be a variety of reasons why there are revivals and remakes but it seems particularly that there are a lot of them about um you kind of, I think we had this discussion a little bit when we were doing the podcast that got lost last week. Podcast that never was. The podcast that never was about movie music, um, about musicals and movies. Um, there really aren't a great many original ideas anymore. And it's quite depressing, actually. This is maybe the third podcast. No, we've recorded four technically, but this is the third one that's going out where that seems to be the third time, if you count the one that was lost where this has been a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so we're just going to spitball today about why there might be a tendency towards revivals and remakes. I'm going to spitball a little bit, but I have four points um, which fit both movies and musicals, or four reasons maybe, as to why that might be the case. What do you think about revivals and remakes, Joe, since you're here? Um, I, I don't have a problem with them. You know, you, you could, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be just musicals. You could say, oh, theatre. Oh, no, no, sorry, yeah. I should have, like, yeah. Apart from, like, Fleabag, yeah. which, was, which was huge. And Inheritance. And the Inheritance. There's not really many original plays because no. when we were in London it was there wasn't really many plays on anyway but there no. was the ones that the, the James McAvoy was in that was a remake and the Serrano one that de Bergerac, yeah Alan Cumming and yeah. Dan Radcliffe and that and they were all Samuel Beckett yeah um, no the, I, I should have I've misspoken there no no no, no but, but it's probably I don't know if I'm jumping the gun but it's probably because it's not worth the risk to make something original if you go with something that have I, have I stooped on... No, actually, I don't on. think you have. I think that could be a part of um, 
why mm-hmm. one of for one of the reasons but no no so absolutely fold into that i suppose it wouldn't just be musicals but musicals are always what i think of because you're that kind of guy you're just that kind of girl yeah <laughs> not that kind of high fructose girl that's just the way my mind works is always thinking in terms of musicals which is quite sad for the way you think about it but never mind um but no that that could come into it i guess um Maybe there's no... It's, it's not worth the risk. We'll pick back up on that later. Yeah, definitely. So the first thing I'm going to think about is um, money. Like, money, I think, might be a big reason why revivals and remakes are as kind of big business as they are. Um, now, when we did the musicals and movies episode last week, which we sadly never got to hear because this app is a Tory... Um, the, are you still using the same app? yeah. But it's fine, I know how to, I've, I've got it sussed out now, I think. Right. Um, just, we'll just pause it or stop it when it gets to half an hour. Or... Well, no, I've set the iPad to not blank out, so it should be fine. Okay. And, uh, yeah, be fine. Don't touch wood. Um, what was I saying? Even if it does all break out, I'll, I'll still do it again. That's kind of like everyone last week who refused. <laughs> Those like, fair weather yeah, friends. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I can be counted on more than your so-called pals. <laughs> Hope they're listening. Probably not. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm sure they are. Never mind. Um, Right, so I think, yeah, money could be one of the big reasons. And what I was going to say was, um, one of the things I discovered um, last week, obviously, talking about movies and musicals, one of the points I was trying to make was that there were more movies based, no, musicals based on movies than there were actual original ideas. And you know what? That's very true. However, probably equally, let me get my little statistic up here. Excuse the rustling of paper. Just gonna find it. Just talk amongst yourselves for just a minute. Oh, here we go. So, because obviously we're in a new decade, this is the twenties now. It's funny. Um, I did a little bit of research into the kind of musicals that, looking specifically at musicals in this one, just because I've got it here in front of me. The kinds of things that appeared um specifically on Broadway in the two thousand and tens, um, and well, yeah, film and TV accounted for twenty nine percent of new musicals. Actually, revivals, um, were. The thing that was there most, it was thirty five percent of the new musicals of the musicals that opened in the two thousand and tens, and were musicals. There were musical revivals, um, where original only counted for fifteen percent. And in two thousand and twelve, there were eleven musical productions opened on Broadway, five of which were revivals. So there's something in that, and and uh, for me, do you think it's money? Do these things always succeed? I don't know. I mean. If you're talking about so I'll, I'll 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 divulge it to films, right? Go for it. What are the highest grossing set of films over the last ten years? Well the Avenger ones probably. Which are all based on Yeah, existing works. Yeah. And, but that doesn't always work because look at the D C films, they've all been Yeah. All, apart from the Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. I think with the D C ones specifically, people are probably for me as a as a film fewer sometimes I feel like with the DC ones how many times can you watch Batman's parents getting killed in Crime Alley well you've had the best three yeah you've had three really well maybe the third one not so much but three really popular really well received films that were very dark weren't particularly comic booky Mm -hmm. so I think to have Batman films coming out so shortly after the Dark Knight trilogy, yeah, they were never going to work. No, which is a shame because I like Ben Affleck, and I do think the Robert Pattinson one might be quite good. Yeah, intriguing that they're filming it in Glasgow because Glasgow could be Gotham City. Yeah, but then you wonder why. So I think 
certainly in the, the case of DC, I feel like they are. It's somebody at the top is quite stubborn now because just, they're dying for these films to be successful. Yeah. And there's just pound for pound, dollar for dollar, no way they're going to be as successful as the Marvel films. I haven't seen, I've only seen the DC ones. First half of Suicide Squad, which I fell asleep during. Yeah, it wasn't that. And great. I watched bits of Wonder Woman through two seats on a plane once. Mm-hmm. I watched um, Batman versus Superman, and it was just. Man of Steel was quite good. The original Man of Steel. But Man of Steel had the benefit of having people that worked on the Dark Knight trilogy doing it. Yeah, it was Legacy. Is it Legacy? Joker. Well, Joker, I suppose, is a DC film. Yeah, that was good, but it didn't feel like a DC film. If if they were all in that kind of vein where they were kind of unafraid to be a bit daring, then I don't know. But then it's there's probably a deeper reason why those films are why the Marvel films have done like caught on so well. Yeah. But I can't figure it out. Cause they're funny. They are funny. They're accessible, so like you could take, you could see like a group of grown adults going to see them, and you could see mums and dads taking their kids to see them. Yeah. But parents aren't going to be taking their kids to go and see. Yeah. The fabulous emancipation, the Harley Quinn, or whatever it's called, like yeah. that. They're not. I think is that's a that's a good point actually, and I think it, there is a bit something for everyone, and I think in that sense, and they don't take themselves too seriously. So really, if you're looking at that from kind of a monetary standpoint, that is guaranteed to bring in the big bucks and I think that the generation of maybe parents now because whether they like it or not people our age are parents of children mm-hmm. and you think about like for me when those um, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films I know they're maybe not that well thought of now but when those films came out that was like my introduction to comics like I, I was semi-interested in comics because of those films like yeah. I, I looked into it afterwards so you've, you've got an audience of people there that will go and see them and I think like you say there is a even with the Tobey Maguire ones there's a sense of levity but there's not necessarily with the DC offerings now. Well, you the the Marvel films are all made by quite interesting people. Mm-hmm. Like, you haven't necessarily heard of a lot of the people who've done them. Apart, Joss Whedon obviously done the first Avengers one, mm-hmm. but I haven't like the are the, the Russo brothers. Yeah, I had only seen Yumi and Dupree of their canon before the that. Avengers. I'd heard. Where I actually think of the people that have been involved with the the DC films Zack Snyder really no offence but Zack Snyder's rotten I've complicated feelings about Zack Snyder which would be for a later like, episode it, it's hilarious that all these people are like oh we want to see the Zack Snyder cut why yeah why I know I know so but I think that's maybe Sorry, where we're up on tangent now. no it's okay but I mean it is relatable because I mean if you think that one of the potential motivations for reviving or remaking something so often is money then that would make sense and when people come up with an original idea that's good mm-hmm. it's quite exciting like you have your feelings on it but Parasite was an original idea it was an original idea yeah people loved Knives Out still not see that and it was kind of kind of based on like an Agatha Christie, one of those kind of things. I'd say something like that's more of an like I've not seen it, but what I get is like it's an homage. Yeah, like it's uh-huh. not. It's, it's like it's like an Edgar Wright film. Yeah, absolutely. Like Scott Pilgrim was an homage to that kind of yeah. video game stuff. Yeah, where, yeah, and I, 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 I agree entirely. So I think for that kind of thing, like, I suppose money is. If I could pull it back to theater for like, Sorry. no, it's okay. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. No, it's fine. It's just because you're trying to match the two. Money isn't always a guarantee for these productions because if you think about, there, there are exceptions. 
you think about not a lot of people realise that the production of Chicago that still runs on Broadway that ran in the West End villages and tours all the bloody time, that is a revival. It came out in the seventies, but it was up against Chorus Line, I think, in the seventies, so it didn't do that great. But when it um opened, when they revived it, it was a it was a the, the production that's there now is a based on a concert staging by Anne Reinking, who, if you've seen the movie of Annie, she is, um, is her name Grace? Daddy Warbucks's assistant, spoiler alert, and future lover. Yeah, she directed it, so she's going to be rolling in it, like, because that production's done well. But that's a revival, and that, the amount of money that that will have generated, but that is kind of rare for a revival. There's not many do as well as that. Um... So I don't know if money would be the driving force. Certainly in the case of theatre for a revival. Um, but I guess in terms of remake, then... A movie remake, then money is obviously at. Yeah. Especially with a Marvel film. Because like, none of those ideas... I, I get kind of what, what they're trying to do now with things like Doctor Strange, where there's never been a film of that. But like, never a mainstream yeah, film of that. Or Panther as well. Yeah, absolutely. Things that wouldn't necessarily get shown. It's interesting that they're all universally ignored, apart from Black Panther, ignored by... Like the award, like the big awards. I feel like that's a bit of snark. That's a favorite word. Uh, it's like that. That 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 was a disgrace. That Infinity no Endgame wasn't nominated for anything. Mm. Like a but. But the thing is, is what you never know with stuff like that. Like whether they actually put them forward for yeah, contention. Yeah, and they or they maybe just didn't bother doing the legwork for it. Because yeah. I read a thing when Jared Leto won his Oscar. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought when the two films came out, when that and when Dallas Buyers Club and Twelve Years a Slave came out. Everyone thought that Michael Fassbender was a shoe in for it. But Michael Fassbender didn't go to any of the parties, didn't speak to any of the right people, he wasn't yeah. bothered. Whereas Jared Leto, who did deserve it, was good, so was Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. Done all of that, spoke yeah. to the right people, went to all these parties, mm-hmm. um, got all the right people tickets for the yeah. premiere. Well, I think there's a, from like a, an outsider perspective, if you look at these award shows, I think people would think oh, it's just such a glamorous, fun night. RuPaul even talks about things like that and he says they're just work. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, like Los Angeles specifically is a company town. Like it's, it's... Look at the Grammys. How can people be bothered? Like I know the oh. big, big stars only come out for the last hour. Yeah, for the, the prestigious bit, yeah. But like you're sitting at like two in the afternoon here it's yeah. eight in the morning and they're announcing like the best spoken word country album know, or something like that it's mad so I mean yeah I think you do have to schmooze slightly don't you yeah Um, but like for so money is money a reason I, th- I guess in the case of film it would be a reason why but it's not necessarily a, a, a catch all like I'll talk about it a bit later but I think specifically the revival of Gypsy in 2008 with Patty Lepone in it that closed well, that first mention. Well, the first of a few, I would imagine. Okay. That um that opened uh, and closed earlier than what they thought it would because um, it, it just I think because when did the credit crunch happen like two thousand and eight? It closed in January two thousand and nine. It was one of those casualties. Like it was so many good shows lost at that point. Oh, really? So, so that. many men down. Oh, like, <laughs> like yeah, because it, it it killed a lot of them. Like there was in the heights. It was next to normal. All good things all just suffered because people didn't have the money to spend on... That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So money isn't always a guarantee, but I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, The next point, I guess, then, would be what about tradition? Do you think tradition is a reason why these shows are like... Shows and films, like, people lean on tradition, especially now. People go to see something they've heard of. Yeah. 
and you think I had loads of points. Like if you if you were going down to London, right, mm-hmm. and you didn't really know a lot about you weren't in the know about like theatre kind of things, uh-huh. and you were like, well, I want to go and see a show, and you looked at the list of them. How many people are going to again if they know nothing about anything? How many people are going to be like, right, well. I'll go see Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, I know. They're Unless probably more like likely to be like, oh, I'll go and see Pretty Women because mm-hmm. I like the film. Because you know Although I did read the reviews of that the other day and they were yeah, they're not, not great. great. They're not great. Um, but aye, that's, that's probably what I, why I would think they would work. Yeah, and I think it is a... I think with tradition, like, if you think about... And look at, like, when Frozen will be opening soon, how that'll like, how well is that going to do that? Is this where you say it? I don't think it will. I mean, I think it'll do better business when it tours, for sure. Um, Because London's an expensive trip to take children on, and not, unless obviously you live in the city or like you're from nearby. You'll find, like, you and I would go down to London to see it. Absolutely. Samantha Bax is in it, she'll be great. Oh, God, she'll be amazing. Do you not know who she is? Nah. Eponine from the Lemus film. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's excellent. She's so very good. She was actually, funnily enough, she was in Pretty Woman on Broadway. All right. She's got very good notices for that, but the show did not. Yeah, but the, the, the things like that, like, I'll go and see something. Like, I really want to see To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh-huh. Because it's, it's my favourite book. Yeah. So the stage show might not be any good, mm-hmm. but I would still go and see it. Mm-hmm. Interesting, actually, while you're on To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Because I read a really good um, article the other day about, actually, um, revivals in theatre and mm-hmm. um, what that kind of looks like now and um, it was. Do you have any more points to make while I find this? Because it's a gross thing professional like me. Um, Just regarding tradition, because... Well, no, because I don't really know about tradition with things like that. That's more your kind of real, real house. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'm one of these people who will go see something because you say it's good mm-hmm. or I'll listen to the soundtrack and think oh that sounds good I'll go see it I wouldn't I, I would always struggle just like making my mind up and making the choices like when we were in London mm-hmm. eh, not London when we were in New York mm-hmm. we always had Spongebob <laughs> great by the way <laughs> um, but Waitress like I if Jason Mraz wasn't in it when me seen it, I would have had no interest. But you, you said it would it would be good. Yeah. So I, I went and I enjoyed it. I think a lot of people would be quite put off by Somebody just going know. to see something yeah. for the sake of it. So yeah, I suppose in that sense, then tradition does play a huge part. Um, like it blows my mind that in this country, Hamilton sells out every night or most nights yeah that's a funny one like I think you look I, at the cr- like sorry I'm jumping on you you, you look at the crowd we went to see it there was a lot of like crusty old white people there yeah I know and I'm thinking is this really for you no I'm making horrible assumptions that crusty old white people no but I think that it's for them because music and... but I think it's for them because they see like you, you hear the word of mouth about it yeah and Hamilton is I don't know like people think with Hamilton like that's the musical hasn't done that for years mm-hmm. like probably since like chorus line like in the 70s or whatever where it's just this like extreme reaction Cultural to phenomenon. yeah absolutely where it just changes everything in fact no Rent as well probably did it too Rent did that um, so I think that is probably a reason but certainly I don't know why that translates over here 
Yeah. But it's because I mean it's amazing. Yeah. And it is really good. It's just But then actually if I could sorry, okay. if I could then bring this to this point that I was gonna make was that um you talk about a revival. If I talk about a revival of a, a piece of theatre, I think about like Oklahoma or like Carousel or Bessie or like a Shakespeare player or something, anything. Mm-hmm. There's um one of the New York Times theatre critics, um Jesse Green, um who so it's like Jesse Green, I think of Ben Brantley do it. Um he had this article called um Why is Theatre Revived So Often? Um and he said the more deeply you love the theatre, the more it keeps changing, not just every decade but also every night. So he would argue then that it's whenever you go whatever production you see is always going to be different um, and he also said um, I don't know if this is actually verbatim but this is it's meant to be um, changing methods of consuming theatre brings with it an air of familiarity indeed they bank on one um, indeed they bank on an air of familiarity um, if you think about things like Hamilton that would fit perfectly mm-hmm. because if you think like people like you and I well I'd certainly listened to that soundtrack a good few times before I ever saw it I don't know if you had I didn't. Well, I didn't. I wasn't interested when it first came out. Yeah. I I, I had heard. Uh, I listened to Lynn Mama Miranda on Mark Maron's podcast, and I thought, "Geez, this guy sounds like a dick." <laughs> and then it wasn't until I listened to "You'll Be Back" mm-hmm. that I was like, "Oh man, that's a really good song." And then I thought, "I'll listen to the soundtrack." Mm-hmm. And now I I could drop everything and get on a train tomorrow and go see it. Yeah. I listened to it on the way back from uni all the way through first time and it got to quiet up to it and I was like sobbing on the train. But that's, I think that's the point is that everything maybe feels like a revival now because it has an air of familiarity. Yeah. I think of Hamlet as an, as an example of that and I think of as well and more recently Six and because <clears throat> Joanna and I, hey Joanna, went to see a revival, not go see a revival, went to see a matinee of that a month ago. I've never seen a, so, a, a matinee so packed and so energetic. And it's because people like me and Joanna and other people will have listened to that soundtrack back to front, top to bottom, and will know it. I didn't know it that well, but I know lots of people who do. They'll, they'll know it. And so it does feel like you're going to see something that you've seen yeah. before. And I think with that as well, like when you said that the matinee was packed, people will have, will be into the musical theatre and things and like that won't have the privilege like we do of being able to go to London yes. or being able to go to New York and things like that so they only have that soundtrack until it it comes and they can yeah they can go see it yeah so I think tradition while that I think especially nowadays like 2020 2020 so far it's been like I seen a really funny meme the other day when it was like February or like January February it was like February survived potential World War 3 and the start of a deadly virus you're doing great like <laughs> well it's not that deadly just to be listening I assume. Um, <laughs> never mind. Um, wash your hands. Yeah, go wash your hands. To the oh, also another funny thing. While I'm on a tangent, they say, "Is it happy birthday twice?" Yeah. Well, the chorus of shares. If I could turn back time twice, also works apparently. So. So no. does. Is it love on top? <gasps> really. It's a Beyonce song. I can't remember. If it's love on top, you could do all the modulations at the end, and your hands you look like six layers of skin. Um, but I think tradition. Like you say, people lean on what they know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably true of um, the musicals. I think as well, I had a really good point written down. Like, tradition isn't... People go back to tradition, and I think that's the reason that a lot of the world is stuck in their ways now. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think people looking for, like, a good life, 
they're often like or people looking to like live equally are often prohibited because people are like nope that's not the way it was in my day and it never was that way they just have like because you think about anything that happened like 10 or 15 years ago it's everything seems like halcyon in some way so i think the kind of notion of like trying to cling to tradition is stupid anyway quite frankly yeah. but it's a comfort blanket and like i think about things like oklahoma which i'm going to come back to in a minute because that was recently revived um that was oklahoma there's a line in it because oklahoma came out during the second world war and there's a line in it where they're saying you're doing fine oklahoma and it was like oh good we're going to be okay we're going to get through this war and that's why people clung to it i think that sentiment has meant that people go back to stuff like that over and over Mm -hmm. because it kind of goes back to a point we made when we're talking about the movie musical thing is that so many of those movies are in the pantheon of like classic films and whatnot that mm-hmm. go to see the show will give them a similar feeling of like oh nostalgia it's the same reason that amateur companies often do so well like if you think about local companies not so much now actually i've seen them moving away but they'll keep going back to things like brigadoon or carousel or oklahoma all these things that are saturday afternoon mm-hmm. standards so i think tradition is probably a huge reason um and before I go into the next part, I think film is a like if you think about Disney, specifically yeah. what Disney have been doing recently, where they've been kind of rehashing. Well, someone someone made a good point, <laughs> and because people were more in obviously the the Little Mermaid, and it's I can't remember the girl's name, Chloe or Hal, who's playing Ariel in the Little Mermaid. So people were bitching obviously about that, and it's like. It's, it's nice that they're making these remakes and it's not the same kind of, this is going to sound horrible and soapboxy, but it's not the same people that were in it before. So it's nice that they've got like a, a person of colour yeah, playing Ariel and things like that. And like these films years ago would have only been cast with the same type of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind a remake that will put someone in it that wasn't like that it's just uh, do you know what I mean no absolutely I think actually it sounds horribly SJW-esque but it's true though like I think um, I'm going to actually use that as a as a segue into my next point which is about reimagining these things Mm -hmm. because if you think about how our attitudes have changed so take the Little Mermaids as as an example that film came out in what 1989 1990 Mm -hmm. a long ass time ago 30 odd years ago Um, and I think it's interesting that that they're recontextualizing these for a modern audience and i think it's shocking that it's taken us this long into our kind of collective cultural history to actually give people of color trans people you know whoever these opportunities but it's good that we have and it's good that we're rectifying that so i think in a sense taking those traditional things as a vehicle for delivering that change that's a really good point actually um and you think but then there's another part of me that i Specifically with the Disney films. No, 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 absolutely not, no. For the points you have made, I would 100% agree, and I would never have thought of that really to connect those two together, which is probably dreadful of me. But I think that's a really good point. But my problem is when... And again, I've just said I hate tradition. Take Aladdin, for instance. Aladdin is probably one of my favourite Disney films. It's either Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast, both of which would be given this kind of, like, modern-day live-action retelling. And... I just didn't like. I, I think about I didn't think, I didn't think Aladdin was as bad as you thought it was. And my problem with it was that um, I think it was interesting to see Aladdin as it should have been, like as you said, um, with people of color, with people who can can. It would have been a different story, story had they 
stayed with the original casting choice for Aladdin, Tom Hardy. Oh yeah, that would that would be weird. Just utterly bizarre. Mumbly Aladdin. I'm not a huge Will Smith fan. I know people are going to be like, oh my god, have you seen the Fresh Prince? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. We all have. It's, it's still doesn't change my I've also, I've also seen bloody Seven Pounds and Hitch. Don't, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think Aladdin was that bad. And they should have, there, could have, there was other better people that they mm-hmm. could have picked to be the genie. Yeah, I think my problems with Aladdin, because like I say, I have only watched about 20 minutes of the remake. If even that. Oh, did you only watch that much? Yeah, because then I watched Judy, and I much prefer Judy. Um, but if I'm going to watch... My problem with Aladdin... So my problem with Aladdin, um, I think I've got really two main ones. Um, and my problem... First problem is the arrangements of the music, because it just didn't... They kind of poppied it a lot, and that was weird. Um... So that like, one jump ahead was just a bizarre, like, it was the percussion in the background was weird. And yeah, the casting of Will Smith, I, to be fair, it could have been anybody and I still to, would have taken an issue with it. They needed to get a big name for it. And that's probably the only, that's probably the best part they could have got to play a big name. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, they could have got somebody who was in the Aladdin show to him that we've seen yes Trevor Dion Nicholas you've seen Hamilton it was brilliant or I don't know I can't think of anyone off the top of my head but they I'm just not a Will Smith fan no and, and to be I just I hate even saying it because it sounds so lame but it's the oh, fact oh but we're going for it anyway. we're going for it the problem that's a Robert Williams part and it is like but no 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 because no. you can't you can't just not you can't just hang up the jersey after if someone can't be in it again, because yes, you can. But no, you can no. I oh. I totally disagree. I just it's one of these things for me that I feel same with the prospect of re- redoing Mrs. Doubtfire. I have a real issue with that too, which has been talked about on and off for years. I have a real issue with it. Who is it that's playing Mrs. Doubtfire in the film remake? Allegedly, Kevin Hart. Oh, miss me. Yeah. That's that's an issue, but that's an issue for another episode. But no, so tradition is often turned on its head for these things. And like you said earlier, that's absolutely fine for the, for the right reasons. But this, for me, is not reimagined as much as, like, made worse. For, for me, anyway. Um, but if you think about, like, reimagining, like, <clears throat> as a reason for doing a revival, it's kind of... It feels, for me, like the only reason to do it. Like... Obviously, money comes into it and everything runs on cold, hard cash. I'm not so stupid that I think it doesn't. But I think, like, you have to keep things fresh, especially with theatre. But if you can allow me to be a bit wanky for a minute, like, theatre lives... been wanky for the last half hour. Get up, yeah. Um, for theatre, it just lives in, like, a, like when you watch it, it and, other, and obviously your memories. It's not like a DVD that you could just keep putting yeah. on and off again. Um, it has to be something that you remember. It has to be something that's important and special. And I know we're going to disagree on this one, but you can't talk about reimagined musicals or theatre without talking about Company. <laughs> so we saw Company in October 2018. Um, through gritted teeth. Joe saw it through gritted teeth. I really enjoyed it. You don't see things through gritted teeth, do you? Well, you said gritted teeth. But you also agreed with me. Well, just whatever. So what, All right, okay. I mean... Sorry. He does this a lot where he will back up. So I'll say something in affirmative or in the affirmative and then he'll correct me. No. No. 
Don't, yeah, yeah, and don't. I didn't just do that just there. You did. You did. You'd be like, oh, well, Gatsby's doing Gatsby. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. <laughs> right. Don't mock that. Anyway, um, company. <laughs> Fuck up. So, company. Um, Joe didn't enjoy it. Because it was shy. Joe didn't enjoy it, but the. I swear to God. Sorry. Shush. But, no, but the, you can't just have us agreeing for half an hour. We no, to... we're not going to disagree for half an hour, but you're going to sit there like a one man Statler and Waldorf. We're going to have a problem. That's how I felt. We were sitting on a balcony as well when we seen that show. It genuinely felt like I could do one of them. So, the, the reason I bring up that production of Company is because it reimagines it entirely in a different way. In that the character of Bobby, who is previously this like 35 year old bachelor, who just can't seem to lock down a good woman, is reimagined as Bobby with an IE, this kind of 35-year-old woman who... And it just changes the entire tone of the show. And that, I think, is... And the kind of reaction that that's had and how that lands with an audience in 20... I say it was 2018 it came out, and it's playing on Broadway. How that lands with them is entirely different to how that would have landed in 1970-odd. Like, it would have been unfeasible there to imagine a woman having multiple... Um, partners, same old, but not in that way, but like to, to kind of date around and to be so open about it, like that just wouldn't have happened then. But Company, when it came out in the 70s, was it was cool New York, it was like it epitomized it and it was all like jazzy and fun and what have you. And now it's this completely different thing because they made one very basic change that had this like giant impact and whatever you thought of it like because I get that you didn't enjoy it I didn't like it there was there was no story all the songs up until the last two sounded exactly the same it was, <laughs> there was no plot development there was no character development it was just garbage well, it's because it's and it was liked by people who I'm no because I'm going to go on a rant and upset people because pe- people like you enjoy it I said the last two songs were really 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 good and the the two main character, the two main performances in it were both excellent, but the show was garbage. Okay. And I think if that came out as an original idea today, it would be totally ignored. Totally ignored. Um. I don't know that I agree or disagree with that one. To be fair, because it's like you can't really, you can never know that for sure. No, but I'm saying that hypothetically, I think if that, because, right, if that show was an original idea mm-hmm. that came out in 2018 and Patti Lepone wasn't in it, it was, it was Elaine Page. Ugh. Oops. Or something, not, not, not someone, that you, <laughs> someone that you just nothing, if it was just a, a random, right, would you have wanted to go see it? What? I, I don't know that. Because if it's an original idea, I don't have any awareness of it before well, then. Well, but then, I put yourself in that position. If, if you had never heard of it, if you had no awareness of it before, but if people were like, oh, there's this new show coming out, it's about a girl who can't find a, a good man and she's surrounded by people who want her to find a good man and nothing really happens, but, you know, it's okay because they speak really fast in the songs. I just don't think I would have as big a problem as that. Like, for me, if I, I base going to see things on, like, a load of different kind of criteria right first of all if it gets a good recommendation like come from away had loads of good mm-hmm. recommendations yeah. and so did dear evan hansen i never listened to come from away that much before i saw it but i'd listened to dear evan hansen so having that at your disposal as well tells you that that is something or tells me anyway that's something i might enjoy now before company was already done with a woman i listened to that when i was in college 
and I enjoyed it then. So yeah, probably on that basis, if I'd never heard it before, which I hadn't, I would go and see it again. Or I would go and see it, but... Would you go see it if Pilot Pong wasn't in it? I mean, probably, yeah. Really? I mean, if I, if, I, if I listened to it and I enjoyed it enough, I would go and see it. So, with Company as an example then, if you're going to do a revival and you're going to reimagine it, then it, I think it needs to have that kind of radical reimagining. Because like I say, it's such a, 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 say it's an insignificant change. It's not insignificant, it's a change. But it's a change that recontextualizes it in an entirely different way. Um, the other examples I've got is that there's a recent revival of West Side Story that's come out. Now, West Side Story was revived in 2008 slash 9. And that was kind of a radical reimagining and that I think it was directed by Arthur Lawrence who wrote the book, which if you remember from last week, the book is a script. Um, and Lin-Manuel Miranda translated a lot of the lyrics into Spanish, um, which they're not... Oh, so obviously talking about the Ansel Elgort film. No, no, yeah. so I'll come back to that too. Um, but they So there was a revival in 2008-9 and then they've recently revived it with... Um, it's directed by Ivo Van Hove, who's quite... The visionary director. He does things a little bit differently. And a lot of the changes that he's made... I don't, I've not seen the show, so I can't really say for sure, but it's like, why? Why have you done that? And I think because the whole thing is like, now, it's become like a... Because of it's a story really about immigrants and immigrant families, it's become like a... a thing around that. Um, and you start to wonder then in that instance is the reimagining necessary like because it's all set I think now in present day like it's all video phones and stuff like that so I don't know really whether that's a necessary reimagining or or what that is um, do you think they're doing it to tie in with the film? very possibly um, what I was actually going to worry that the film isn't going to be good because here's an interesting point I don't think a lot, an awful lot of people realise with the with the film is that the so the musical, when it first opened on Broadway, did all right. It didn't necessarily, like, sweep the board or anything like that. It didn't change history. <coughs> oh, you okay? Mm-hmm. It didn't really do what a lot of people seem to think it did. It was actually the film was the reason why... The film The film is the most remembered thing. And any production subsequent to that, I would be bold enough to say that I think they are... They, they follow on from the success of the of the film. Um, so it was that production in 2008 slash 9 and then this one that's just opened and the, the reviews were quite, I say cool, not as like a pun because the songs are... They were cool as in... Ooh, yeah, they were a bit right. like... The sense I got was what's the point? And I think as well, a lot of, one of the good things as well, going back to your point about um, the kind of Disney remakes is it was all... Obviously it was all kind of culturally... Um, what you call it, culturally sensitive, like they're all, it's a really diverse cast, but they're all true to, you know, what they should be. Is West Side Story going to be done by Disney? What do you mean? Oh, we moved to Oh yeah, no, no, that's fine. So it's to do with, no, so the, the, the Broadway production is like... I see, it's not um, Ben Horn for Twin Peaks that's... No, <laughs> those days are past. Well, Tony was Italian, wasn't he? Polish, but yeah. yeah. Polish-American. Um... Hang on a wee sec here. Mm-hmm. As I was saying, I'll, I'll, I'll spitball for a minute. I worry that the film is not going to be good because can Ansel Elgort sing? He's also 
not made the best career choices. Like the Goldfinch was a flop. And when was the last time Steven Spielberg done a film that was true? Well received. I know. So I don't know. I just you wonder like it comes to things like that. You're like, what's the appetite for them? Like, who thinks? Do you know what? It's time. Like I don't think it's going to be another Cats. Oh God, Cats! Remember Cats? No, because I didn't watch it. I did. Um. I don't know. I'm worrying. Cause I, 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 the film is quite good. Good tunes. Mm-hmm. But um. No. Final couple of points on reimagining, um, and why that might be one of the kind of <clears throat> one of the motivations is I think to pick up on a point where we said story actually. Um, I think the Ivo Van Hove production does a lot in terms of it contextualises a lot of it to now if you think about how heavy the Trump administration are coming down um, on immigrants over the Mexican border um, that's one of their flagship policies um, and it's like a huge reason and I think it's become a big part of the, the Ivo Van Hove production there's also actually a lot of controversy around it but nothing really to do with it like one of the actors and it has got a shady past and they were asking them to remove them from the cast they've not done it and it's mucky but it's again discussion probably for I'll go see it for another episode That's I don't really want not. to discuss it's it no, no it's pretty gross not. Um, allegedly google it you can google it the Everyone Hope production of West Side Story alleged controversy um, it's not alleged the guys admitted to it but well let's just we'll end on this well yeah we'll, we'll I always hear that in podcasts when they say something quite actionable they're like yeah. Whether we allegedly, yeah, true. Let's just say allegedly, just for for the sake of our audience of 20. Um, oh, <laughs> we'll get more. Listen, I know it's early days, it's early days. Listen, I'm sure the Beatles started on. I know I'm listening to Bruce Springsteen's book just now. He used to play at clubs of four or five people. Yeah, you know, it was like it was a big theatrical expression where you play to like two men and a dog. God, it must be. I always feel really sorry because you sometimes see it during the fringe and people are tweeting like, oh, I played to one person tonight. I'm like, oh, I've God. done that. Oh, Not God on my own, Christ. but I've, when we were, sorry, this is an aside, but it's quite a funny aside. We did a fringe show with um, the theatre group I used to be in in 2012. Um, it had its moments, um, but the, there was, I think, we played four or five shows. We did like a Tuesday to a, or Tuesday to a Saturday or a Wednesday to a Saturday, I can't wow, remember. that's bold. Yeah, and it was um, only like one week. Phoebe Robinson didn't even play that much and she's quite famous. Well, the we one of the things with the Fringe that you don't really realise before you do it is that you have to like mark it hard to try and get an audience. And I think this one night we persuaded this group of like I, I just want like a group of goth kids basically to be like, oh yeah, yeah, it's like fairy tales but like edgy. And they were like, oh yeah, sure, we'll come. So they came and they were like the only people there. It was like two or three people. Oh and like, God. I think there was a review and it was a bad review. And <gasps> it was, oh. Oh, really? That was a, like, I have to say, if you want to be a performer and you want to like get your chops and, and steal yourself, the best way to do that is in a, in a not great French production. Because the production itself was good and the talent, if not obviously being big headed here, but it was a good caliber of cast. Interesting concept for a show. We had a good time doing it. We had a good laugh. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's a good way to steal yourself against criticism. That might be a good future episode. You and your pals could talk about like... Oh, theatrical the, nonsense. Yeah. That'd be great. No, no, no. Like your experiences of doing things like that. There's always stories. That'd be yeah. a great episode. 
Should have done that. On I Monday. should be your your manager, your producer, or something. Should have done that when it failed last week. Never mind. It's okay. Never mind. Well, listen, there's time. There's a time in the world. It was my Lou. Let's come on. Move um, on anyway, move on. Um, <laughs> what one was that? Was that Louis Armstrong? Yeah. Okay, good. That's <laughs> the fine. real problem with Louis Armstrong and Lou Reed. Just very similar names. Um, so my final point about reimagining. Um, I think I've said that about four times now. You think about things like Shakespeare plays. They like for the same reason as like West Side Story. Like obviously, think about Van Hove's production of West Side Story that is like set, slap bang, culturally relevant. West um, Shakespeare revivals kind of tend to do the same. Like you think about um, even like the film, the Baz Luhrmann film, set it in what was kind of modern day at the time. And then you sorry in the midst of gang violence. Yeah, and then you've got like the the teen. Like call like she's the man, which was yeah. Tim of the Shrew, and then no, ten days ahead of you was Tim of the Shrew, wasn't it? Don't know. And she's the man was twelve night. That's right. Yeah, and West Side Story, like get back that was Romeo and Juliet. Like yeah. so, they all. So I suppose you can reimagine them in that way, but taking the actual plays themselves and just reimagining them and recontextualizing them, it doesn't always work. If you think about like the RSC in London, like they have an actual subscribed audience yeah. for that often, reason. They often get like. A huge name like they've had Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston and people yeah like people whose careers started there like doing their um, shows yeah think about like it's always funny when I think about people reimagining Shakespeare though because there's a line in series 2 community that Jeffrey Winger says in one of the funnier episodes where he's like there's prop guns no I mean it's like in comparison to how it got right Um. There's like there's a, like a farcical episode and they get these prop guns off of the drama teacher and the drama teacher's like, we just use them in a modern retelling of Macbeth set in gangster gangster era Chicago and then Jeff Finger says, fresh take, never would have thought of that and you caught me lazy, and it's sometimes you're like, oh why are you doing it like that? But talking about bringing community back, really? It's like a film because they've had their six seasons. Oh yeah, they were always on about six seasons in a movie, weren't they? But good ones all left. I know Chevy Chase is. Whatever. Tricky. Um, allegedly. <laughs> and Donald Glover probably won't come back for that. But yeah. I love Community. I, I've still only seen the first three and a bit series. I never bothered really watching after that. It was an underrated one. Of, remember there was that kind of block at NBC shows. Like you had Terry Rock, The Office, Parks and Rec. Yeah. And Community. I didn't know how well they had it. I know. And then it just changed. Um. So that's, yeah... Like I say, it's a spitball, and like you're never gonna have an answer. All you can really do is just just a gab. It's a it's a like, gab. It's, it's like a chin wag. Like I said about the first one, this is the kind of crap that we would sit and yeah chat to each other about on a Saturday night anyway, because we're thirty and don't have lives. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm happy with this life. I wouldn't want to go out and get get smashed, get crashed. That's Tadukin, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Talking about Shakespeare and suddenly Hadukin. Um, and my final reason why um are you wanting like a result are you wanting like by the end of this are you wanting a, a conclusion like are you wanting a are the remakes and revivals are they a good thing or are they a bad thing no not really i'm spitballing i think that's the, the beauty of it is that you can just kind of you can think whatever you think and it's i mean do i think that they all come back down to money in some way somebody's footing the bills and they're yeah. going to want to return on it so that makes sense but I think there has to be other reasons as well. Like, somebody has to have a driving idea. And my final point, actually, is about... <clears throat> my final reason, I think, that a lot of these revivals happen is if you think of, like, star vehicles. 
So like you mentioned, like Benedict Cumberbatch. So he, he played, or did he play Hamlet? It's about to say Hamilton there. He I think it was Hamlet. Hamlet. And David Tennant played Hamlet as well. You think about these yeah. giant actors playing these parts, and maybe not so much you, but the Shakespeare. But if you see somebody cat like, for, I would have went to see that James McAvoy play. Cyrano de Bergerac. Yeah. Or think, the the one that Jessica Chastain's going to be in, or Timothy Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, you would. You, but you think about it like that, and you go right. Well. I would go see that because well, I would totally like to that. see that actor play that part and that's not a bad thing. I'd used Patty Lepone and Gypsy as an example. That was... So... In... Her, that Patty Lepone show we were going to see in New York probably wouldn't... Like, I don't want to no, no, get a thing but, no. like, it probably wouldn't have been great. No. But... I, listen, you asked me earlier if we would have gone to see Company if she hadn't been in it. I, I would have, probably, or I might have, but Warpaint... Absolutely not. I wouldn't have gone and seen it, but we were in New York, Patty LuPone was on a Broadway show. What's a man to do? What's a man to do, I ask you? We ended up seeing Spongebob instead, which was very good. That was excellent. Um, but the star vehicle thing is interesting, so I think about the Patty LuPone... Sorry, you do get people like me who would just go and see someone mm-hmm. if there was a recognisable name in it. Mm-hmm. And that's, like you said, with Jason Manaz Waitress, mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. That would be a good idea for like a, a revival, because that was quite a... It wasn't a particularly well-known, like, indie film for the early 90s. Well, Waitress. Yeah. Yeah. And they turned that... So they could do that. They could get, like, these kind of films that were there, but weren't particularly well-known. Yeah. Like, you say Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire was a huge film, and it still yeah. is. But, like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, like, for me... And again, we spoke about it last week, tragically. You maybe never hear of that part of the discussion again. We spoke about how things like Waitress took on a life of its own because the amount of people, how many people do you like see Waitress and were like, I'm seeing this because I really liked the film. Oh, none of them. Which is a shame, really, Maybe because I gather it was a, a good film. Mm-hmm. I've just not seen it. Um, and I think the show, because the, was the original actor, no, she was a writer, wasn't she? She wrote the, the, the film, sorry. Yes, uh-huh. She was murdered. Yeah, it was Kerry Russell, was Jenna in the Yeah. Film. And I think because of that, you think, well, that's taken on a new life in her, in her legacy almost. Is there, not, is there not a bit in the programme with like a dedication yeah, era? Yeah, I think so. So you think stuff like that, like, yeah, absolutely. And I think that Waitress is actually another good example of like a star vehicle. But if you think about specifically revivals, um, I think in a book she talks about it, Arthur Lawrence, who wrote the book for Gypsy, actually directed that 2008-2009 production. His partner, apparently, um, on his deathbed, had said to Arthur Lawrence, you need to get Patti Lepone to play Mama Rose. Um, because Arthur Lawrence and Patti Lepone had a fallen out years earlier over, I can't remember, it was Al Jolson Sings again, I think it was called. And she'd agreed to do it and then had to pull out and he fell out with her and it was all horrible. But when his partner passed away, or just before he passed away, he was like, you need to do this production, it's the way it has to be done. So... As well as that, and I, I had, it's probably about the time I started to really get into it was when I was still like in college, and I remember at the time the reaction being like, that needs to have happened like this, and it's the same as like, Bette Midler playing um, Dolly Levi, mm-hmm. those kind of things are like, you go that makes sense. We're all looking forward to the Pat of the Pone getting like an episode. I could do a series, maybe when we hit Beatlemania, maybe I could interview her. Could you imagine Patty LuPone in a little front room at a little dining room table? No, I wouldn't want to. <gasps> Wash your mouth out. 
Anyway, how loud is that gasp going to be? All 20 of our listeners are going to be deaf. We're going to have no listeners next week. Oh, shit! Anyway, so you think about like that star vehicle turn, and it, it, it seems to do good business because of people like me, like me or you for totally different reasons. Like you said, Jason Mraz and Waitress. Why wouldn't you want to see Jason Mraz and Waitress? For me, seeing Patty LePone in anything, I would go and see her in anything. I'd, I'd, like if, if I had access to it. So the star vehicle thing, I think, works. And years as well, um, I mentioned Chicago earlier on. If you think about the people that have been in Chicago, the list is, like, endless. Like, any actress, you, like, stage actress you can think of has probably been in Chicago. And even some who aren't stagey, like... So Chicago's one thing. Sorry, what were you going to say? Was Denise Fanning particularly stagey before she... Was oh, she'd done Big Breakfast. Ah, right, okay. Well, no, I know, but like, oh, no, do, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, she yeah, like she wasn't that. necessarily known for that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But and then, God rest her, Caroline Flack was in it. Was yeah, it? and she, by all accounts was very good, yeah. from what I hear. Um, so, using Chicago then, but another one that people don't realise was a really huge star vehicle was Cabaret. So it was obviously the production in 93 in London, which was Jane Horrocks with Sally Bowles, Alan Cumming was... Oh, that that MC. video of her... It's just insane. It's brilliant though. Like <laughs> it, pop in. go on YouTube and watch um Jane Horrocks singing Cabaret from Cabaret. The last minute and a half, I swear <laughs> to God. I love it. Like I think it's absolutely brilliant, but it is so intense. Really terrifying. But that's it's what's supposed to be yeah, anyway. Like yeah. she's not she's not a, an actress of sound like the character doesn't have sound mind and she's not in a good place. So it makes sense. Did that not make obviously her mum was famous at that point, but did that not make Liza Minnelli? Was that not her big it was one of them, out. yeah. I mean, she won an Oscar for it. Um, she did really well off the back of it. Um, and then that production, so five years later, then went to Broadway, and the it was like an revolving door of stars. And I'm going to... Oh, it was... Um, Natasha Richardson. Yes. And Alan Cumming. So let me find this just Thank really quickly. Um, let me see. The cabaret. Because the list of people that played Sally Bowles in that... Broadway revival were mad. If I can guess them, can you give me money? Um, name. So obviously we said that um, Natasha Richardson opened it and so did Alan Cumming playing MC. Mm-hmm. Can you name me any of the actresses? Um, Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald's a good one, yeah. Um, Emma Stone. Oh, okay, that's a separate point. Forget okay, right, okay, yeah, okay. Um, sorry. Um, how that I hate... Oh, uh, narrow it down. She was the wife in Brokeback Mountain. She's always horrible in films. Again, that was the the next one. Oh, yeah, Michelle Williams. Um, but then uh, we, we need to stick a pin in that for okay. a minute because you don't hate Michelle Williams. You just dislike like a lot of the characters that she's played. I'm sure Michelle Williams is a perfectly nice person. She just acts them so well that you've... She grown... was horrifically horrid in Shutter Island. Have I'm like that, though. I get like that with people. I'm... A testament to the work, I'm sure you'll agree. Mm. Um, so can you name me some of the other ones that were in it? I was enjoying Guess Then. Okay, well, Guess Then. <laughs> we're on limited time, so you give me a clue. I mean, we're not really. Um, Molly Ringwald um, was obviously one of them, like you said, but then somebody from a similar era. Um, Demi Moore? Ali Shide? No. Uh, Julia Roberts? No. I'm just going on like Brat Pack films. Rebecca De Mornay? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying Rebecca De Mornay. No, nope, so not Rebecca De Mornay. Um, I'll tell you that Sharon I'm... Stone. No, these people are all huge stars. I know that obviously Molly Ringwald 
What was Molly Ringwald in recently? Is she in Riverdale? Yes, she's Jughead's mum in Riverdale. Right, okay. Um, so also, Brooke Shields was in it. Oh, right, okay. Um, Susan Egan, who you might... She was Meg's singing voice in Hercules. She had a lot of Disney things. <laughs> yeah. like, she, she used to follow me on Twitter, but I deleted Twitter because I'm that guy. Um, Terry Hatcher was in it. Oh, wow. Deborah Gibson. Who, that I knew was, that Terry Hatcher was in it. Wait a minute, Te- Deborah Gibson, who was that? Who the Debbie Gibson? Reynolds. <laughs> Debbie Gibson is a American singer-songwriter. Anyway, um, uh, Brooke Shields. And also, it was play- the MC was played by... John Stamos played the MC at one point. And so did Michael C. Hall, who played it. There you go, just lots of different people have played that part. Like, it became as much of a part of the show as the show itself did. And that production, I know you hate me saying it, but the production is iconic. That one, that It's just, it's just it. when you say things like that, it's... Gives you ball cringe. Yeah. Ball cringe. But it's... it's okay. It, it, like, that... Because, again, it's, it's another one of these... Uh, I actually forgot to make the point earlier. When you think about, like... Um, directors who have taken these works and made them like you you forget about the original iterations like you think about trevor nunn and what he did to oklahoma so the most recent revival of oklahoma which in itself was hugely revolutionary you think of this revolutionary based on his production of it which really was in itself revolutionary um it was in itself revolutionary um and then the production of Cabaret that Sam Mendes, because it was Sam Mendes directed it in London and then took over, he directed it on Broadway with Rob Ashford, I believe. Um, and then that production in turn opened again in 2014. Like, that's never happened where they revive a revival. Well, I'm sure it has. But they revived a revival and it was Alan Cumming and then it was, um, Michelle Williams opened it and then Emma Stone and then it was Sienna Miller. And uh, Sienna Miller, by the way, sorry. It's becoming like an indie movie, darling. Oh, that's good. She had a, a, was it her that had the bad time, allegedly? Yeah, with Jude Law, allegedly. Or was it Sadie Frost? Both of them, I think. They oh, were both it? involved. Um, so I think that is amazing how... Because, I mean, those three actresses are, in it, like, arguably A-list yeah, actresses for now. Two of them are Oscar winning. Yeah, absolutely. So you take, like, that... And you think about that now, like... I'd say that was only a few years ago, but... There's only that, a teeny tiny room as well. Yeah, it, was, teeny, tiny it, it wasn't teeny tiny, but the way they'd done it was like, so the, the stalls were set yeah. up like an actual cabaret. Because I saw it um, in New York on the 3rd of January, I think, with Emma Stone. And what they did was, so the production, the actual songs in cabaret are, for the most part, take place within the fictional cabaret in the show. So what they did was, they, in the stalls, everyone was sat at tables, and then the stage lights went funny, and then they, there was like lamps at the table went up it's just really well done and stuff like that is the reason why it's so well remembered but it's arguably one of the biggest star vehicles that are biggest success stories because that production in 98 ran I don't know when it ran until but from 98 it ran for 2,377 performances and it left such a legacy that it then ran again which is quite um, it's quite impressive really for a revival it doesn't happen very often um, and I think See, I think it's good that they get like, obviously the th- like the things like that. Like, the tickets for Cabaret were pricey, but like, yeah, I think 
think it's good. It's a good way to get people who wouldn't necessarily be interested interested in it. And, yeah. And experience and things yeah. like this. So, yeah. And I'm a huge proponent, right? Like anything that gets a person in a theatre because, like, I it's my favorite thing in the world. Like, it's one of my favorite things yeah. in the world, and I think. <clears throat> it wouldn't take much to convince me like that's why with the company like give me a ticket and I'll go and see it like do you know what I mean I would 100% yeah. go and see anything if there was a ticket there for me um hint hint <laughs> don't know who I'm heading to hint hint uh, Andrew Cameron, Cameron McIntosh if you're listening <laughs> um yeah so I I'd, but I think if it gets into theatre but then my big bugbear if I had to do the because I, I don't really have a problem with star turns as such mm-hmm. however my problems with star turns are the reaction a lot of the time. The reaction, because I, I probably, when I was younger, had the kind of visceral reaction that people have, like, where they go, that's just unnecessary. Why would you cast this person so that I'm guilty of that at times? Like, if you thought, like, I knew Emma Stone would be good because I knew she could sing. Yeah. But you think about people like Brooke Shields, like, I don't necessarily know Brooke Shields as a singer. So if I was at the time thinking, why is Brooke Shields going to be playing Sally Bowles? But it's more understandable if it is us if your star current is a star. Like, like Brooke Shields at that time would have been huge. In the nineties? I mean oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like you think of over maybe I don't know if it's the same over there, but over here there's a lot of Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Sorry, I'm No, it's, it's, it's fine, it's fine. There's a lot of X Factor yeah. and, and region. And that can sometimes work because we didn't see it in it, but the girl who's in waitress, um Wait, who? Not Sarah, the girl who Sarah Bareilles has taken over from. Oh, Lucy actor. Jones. Yeah, it was good on the next actor. She, for what I've heard of her in Witcher, she sounds excellent. Excellent, yeah. But then you get people like Matt Cardall. Who's a good singer? Uh huh. Because she act. Yeah, I know, I know. That's. But then you think about this is a bad example since it's coming over here. But you think about the caliber of somebody like Jake Gyllenhaal and mm-hmm. Sunday in the Park with George coming over here uh, that's that's a huge casting like that's a, and that's a good example because nothing about that show would make me want to go and see it other than the apart fact from but yeah. I would go and if we were down there I would go and see it if it was him that was in it yeah. I would take a wedding ring with me I mean that's rude <laughs> um, but no so I think but you compare that was my second point was you compare the kind of cashier of the people that they've been cast over there like yeah. Emma Stone Jake Gyllenhaal where our celebrities are like... Alexandra Burke and Beverly Knight. Yeah. Um, oh, remember how that we seen in Kinky Boots, Ficori? Oh, Denny. Um, Paula Lane, is that her name? She was Becky... Who was she Becky? I can't remember who she was. She was not great. Um, and it was a, oh, that'll be the Chinese coming. We'll keep that in. We'll keep talking. Um, the That's a good example of... Sorry, That's just a tea being delivered. Um, she, that she was trying to put the door with her hand. Anyway, maybe. Um, but you think about that, and also there was a woman that was in um, X Factor who then went and took over in Blood Brothers, and apparently she was good. But also, I was like, oh, of course she's going to play that. Or like, when Sa- sorry, when Sam Bailey came at X Factor and she was going to be Mama Morton in Chicago, I said, as soon as she'd been in that, I was like, Sam Bailey's going to play Mama Morton in Chicago. And who was right? Me! I was correct. But like, are people... That's what gets me, because are people really going to see something because someone like that's in it? 
And there blows my mind if people go and see something because Amelia Lilly's in it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fucking lazy blow. I'm sure they're lovely people. And she's a great, like you, but she's a really good singer. And in that sense, then I'm like, well, it must be. There must be another reason why. But yeah. then if it was and, just, and it's maybe just harmlessly, these people went to the audition and they were, and the they best, were the best people uh, in the day. The exactly, and that's that's possible. However. I would believe that to be the case if then it wasn't like a huge press junket when that happened. Aye. So I mean, they're obviously starting in Green Days American Idea. Yeah, I know it's a bit. I don't know, but listen, if that's what people, if that's what it takes to get someone in a theatre, then yeah. brilliant. Go see it, enjoy. God bless, whatever. Um, but I don't know. For me, it's a. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be my first reason to go to the theatre, but then again, there are exceptions. So for like so. Um, Hello Dolly's coming over here with the Melda Staunt in that will be incredible mm-hmm. I just know it will be yeah. and I would go and see it because I think the same as people what people probably thought about Bette Midler is that she'll be excellent at that part and it's a show I like so I'm like well yeah. it's a no brainer mm-hmm. um, so the star vehicle thing obviously works um, it so was like when remember when Dreamgirls first got announced and oh. you were like oh Amber Riley's going to be in Dreamgirls I was like well we should probably go yeah but then I think her reasons for that were different because I like Amber Riley enough, but she wasn't. My, I just like that show. Yeah. I mean, I think can we talk about Amber Riley doing girls? Of course, she was always, insanity. Always. She was so so Mr. good. Mercedes Jones. Jones. She was just true star of Sorry. Just a quick story time because this episode is going to run a little bit, but it doesn't matter. If you're listening. You're listening. It doesn't matter. When we got to the theater that day, we were there quite early, and we were stood in the foyer waiting to go in. And there was like a the, the telly's up because they do this now in the West End where you got a telly that says what cast going to be on that night, and it said somebody else was going to be playing Effie White, and I was like, oh no, imagine if because I I mean I wouldn't have, I would have minded. Do you know what? Right, I probably would have soured it for me. It would have soured. I'm sure we would have enjoyed it eventually, yeah. but getting over that initial shock, it would have been annoying. Um, and it was somebody else's name. I'm given to understand that she missed the matinee that day. And the night before. And the night before. And then a couple of weeks later, she was out for like a month. It was... Because we went... Sorry. We went okay. to see it the night before it officially opened, didn't we? We see it definitely... Or it, was the, it, opened. it opened in the three days we were down there. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. Because then we seen as well in the boxes, um, Sonia Friedman was taking notes. Mm. And she was a producer. Um, yeah. So it said in the screen thing that she wasn't playing Effie. And I was like, oh, no. And what were we like for like 10 minutes before she eventually came on? And she did this big, like, dramatic star entrance. And you're like... Oh, it was just, thank God. It was, it was the whole audience just in a collective a heave a of relief. Yes. And then eventually did like a cheer. And I have to say, she was something else. And even like, I would have perhaps unfairly lumped Amber Riley in with that thing of like, oh, are no, people no. really going to be seeing a show because of Amber Riley who was in Glee? We and I, this, I, I say this that conversation like, all the time and you, you think it's because of High School Musical, I think it's because of Glee mm-hmm. that people our age uh-huh. slightly younger have, have gotten more into musicals yeah. and stuff because she was I mean, she was, she was for me she was my favourite in Glee because I really hated Rachel <laughs> but like she was un- inexplicably good yeah she was phenomenally good and I think that's um, so I, I'd obviously take that back but I don't know I I didn't see her as being that big a casting draw but then again when when they announced it I was like oh that makes total sense but she wasn't on like the the billboards or anything for it like her no, name wasn't no. it was I think it was above because there's this thing right where um, again I'm sorry to mention her actually no I'm not Patti LuPone talks about it a lot like where she gets into the kind of autumn years of her career 
where she doesn't want to be in a box, which is like a little box that says and feature in. So she would Even rather that's be... what she is for company. No, she's above the title. Oh is she? Yeah, yeah, she's like I think you always want to like above the title means you're like that's the type of contract you're on. Like you're if you're above the title of a show you are the one of the star draws. Um, and I don't think Amber Riley's name was no. certainly not in any of the, the advertising. Because it, it was all the, it was just silhouettes on yeah. like the the pictures and stuff. But yeah, so the star vehicle thing obviously works, and obviously is a draw, like you say, because there'll be people who are like leaks. And then like two or three days after that, you had Chris Colfer, Leah Michelle, um, the girl who was Tina Kwan Chang. All put up on because the, they were all there at the premiere. Mm, all yeah. put up on their Instagram, so you would get people yeah. getting it because of that. That's it. Um, so obviously, it is a, a thing that the reason that people would be drawn in. So I mean, there is there is obviously a lot of merit to these revivals. I've had to say revivals. The Dreamgirls chat is almost unnecessary because Dreamgirls had never been to the West End before that. But then I suppose it goes back to Jesse Green's point. Jesse, yeah, Jesse Green, where he says about like because of the way that theatre and music is is consumed now, everything feels like a revival yeah. because. You know it well enough going into it. Um, so I suppose that's I knew every song of Hamilton before we went to see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I guess that's that. So it's spitballing. There's no real definitive answer. But if you Quite agree, that. yeah, me too. If you, you used it. Yeah, well, if you didn't, you didn't. Miss. No, you keep your comments didn't, to yourself. Didn't charge anything for this. No, to listen. So make sure yeah. to like and subscribe. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Do you like and subscribe? Not a podcast. You can follow our Instagram page at Getting Lady Pod. Five stars, please. Yep, five stars. Um, so, uh, this is still only available really mainstreamly on Spotify. Okay. Still not on Apple Music. Have you not Googled Music. how to get on a podcast? There is a way. I don't think I'm going to have to try and investigate it because I'm aware that not everyone uses Spotify. Because that's where people are like... But then, hopefully there's not many, but like Android users listen to this won't have access to Apple Podcasts. True. No, they might because you got Apple Music on... Um, Android phone. Oh, yeah. yeah, before my phone, my Samsung broke. I got a uh, so music. Yeah. Anyway, so that I think that brings an end to discussion. But in fact, no, we're not really summarised. Okay. So in summary, what was the question? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're spitballing. You see, this is very loosey goosey. Um, is there any right or wrong reason? For me, if somebody enjoys it, if it brings people into theatre, to cinema to support somebody's work, then it's not a terrible thing. Absolutely. It can't be. There is no wrong reason no, why. definitely not. I mean, you will get where people are just doing stuff for the sake of doing it and purely to make money. Yeah. But do you know what? Who, like, who cares? If, yeah. people, if people enjoy it... Yeah. I'm assuming if you're, if you're one of these people... Like, if you're... It's probably a really bad example, but if you're your man who done Cats... Tom Hooper. If you're him... The fact that some people will have enjoyed that film, well, that's maybe not going to be any comfort to him because of how panned it got. But you think of like a, a middle, Greatest Showman. So, so the Greatest Showman yeah. was critically destroyed. Like, yeah. Mark Kermode reviewed it and absolutely annihilated it. Yeah. But it's, a, it's massive. And yeah. do you think Hugh Jackman and the two guys who've done it are going to care that some snooty film reviewers didn't enjoy it? No, no. they're going to be looking at their back balance and being like, oh, Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Never Enough must have been on the radio again today. Yeah, exactly. I think um, Trevor Nunn directed Starlight Express, which was critically not... It wasn't terribly received, but people were like... They said something like, it's got all the intellectual backbone of a peanut or something like yeah. that. And then Trevor Nunn was like, who gives a shit? Yeah. 
because as long as people get enjoyment from yeah, it yeah it's a kids show people were like kids were loving it all like people on skates fun music it ran for years it didn't really matter like there's no like it's harder to do that now with social media because yeah. everyone is a is a, is yeah. a fit imagine if Cats had come out sorry just after it opened like or, or slightly after the if it came out 10 years ago yeah before social media was just the centre of everything like if that was Jennifer Hudson's next move after Dreamgirls or people would have been all over it and I'm sure with a little bit of careful consideration Cats could have been better of course it could but, <sighs> I know I know anyway so for me yeah there's no right or wrong reason why there is obviously lots of like money and tradition reimagining stuff there's you can always it's an interesting way to frame stuff like I don't know I think revivals are never going to be a bad thing because if it gets people interested it gets people interested Absolutely. if it makes you happy it makes you happy and do you know what even if you haven't enjoyed something which I think is my big thing with this podcast if you haven't enjoyed something you can always find value in it like Love Never Dies well, last week for instance not to bring it back uh huh but we've discussed my feelings on company, but I have said mm-hmm. the last two songs were fanta- like, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So there's always something to enjoy. And as long as you've got that experience where you said, you know what, I really, I felt a certain type of way about that. And it always, it makes your criticism of it always more valid if you've seen it and if yeah. you've not just been like, like I've never seen Cats, so I can't come to you and say, load of shite. I'm, We'll talk about cats another day because I could do like a whole series on cats, but we shouldn't. It's a shame because that's going to become like the room. Aye, it's going to become like your go-to thing for something that's really bad and yeah. a total flop. We'll try not to, but I think it's it's hard not to. I've seen Aye, it. It's hot, and it's also not nice to. I'm sure the people apart from you know who. I'm sure the people who made that put a ton of work. I put. I'm sure there wasn't any more or less work went into cats than. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or... Well, the thing that like threw that. me, or the thing that caught me about Cats, but we'll stop talking about Cats in a minute, was that you just got this feeling that anybody that was in it, they were doing their thing. Yeah. Like, Ian McKellen giving it big lips. Big lips? <laughs> big lips is old Gus the Theatre Cat, I think that's his name, and Jeff hasn't doing memory. It was like... There was no... Not that they would be aware of what the reaction would be, surely, when they were making it, yeah. but they were just they were doing what they were paid to do, and that in itself is admirable. And I think as long as you are getting something out of something, then there's no bad reason to do it. Like, even if somebody, right, even if the most cynical producer is sitting there on opening night, like, wringing their hands going, oh, this is going to make a load of money. If there is a theatre full of people, because using a, like a, a play or a musical as an example, if there's a theatre of people around them going, I am loving this. So the producer's made a bit of money, okay, whatever. But a room full of people have enjoyed the work. Yeah. Who cares? And you will, like, you will get films where it is just made for cynical kind of reasons like I think that about a lot of like Tarantino films yeah and people thought about the the Entourage movie yeah. I didn't I liked it but people went to see that and thought god that's just horrific yeah but there's no less work that the people who made it put in there mm-hmm. so I think and as long as you enjoyed it yeah. who cares so and you know I think that's that but thank you for listening well I agree I agree thank you for listening that's fine if you have um I might do a little sign off at the end about future episodes because I have got some planned. Yeah. But um, thank you for listening this far if you have. Goodbye. Thank you for having me. Good to have a Chinese now. Goodbye. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
It was a good chat. Um, just to let you know as well, um, a couple of future episodes of Getting Litty planned featuring a litany of different people. We're planning on doing a little, a few, I was going to be one, but I think it might be a few episodes about young adult fiction with, hopefully with Joanna. Um, and I know that Joe and I want to do an episode in the near future about Twin Peaks because it's a shared interest of ours. Um, and Joe introduced me to it and about the influence that Twin Peaks has had on television. So... Please listen to those. Hope you enjoyed this week. And don't forget to follow up my Instagram page for Getting Litty, which is at Getting Litty Pod on Instagram. So it's at Getting Litty Pod. All one word, no G in getting. And that's Litty, L-I-T-T-Y, Pod. Thank you.